Okay, well, good morning, everyone, and welcome to our introduction to governance to Microsoft Teams webinar. My name is Natasha Bradley. I'm the commercial manager here at Inform, and I'm really excited to be joined by Malcolm Bullock, our governance expert. Before we hand over to Malcolm, I'll just run through some of the some housekeeping. So if you do have any questions, please feel free to either add them in the chat or we can unmute you at the end. So over to you, Malcolm. Thanks, Natasha. Good morning, everybody. Hope you're you're well. Um, so my name is Malcolm Bullock. Uh, my background is IT. Um, I spent the last uh, sort of 16 years or so at Microsoft before joining the Inform team. Um, I work with Office 365 since uh, just before it was launched, if anybody remembers BPOS. Um, and uh, during that time of the sort of the early days of Office 365, um, what we went through uh, within Microsoft was um, sort of different phases of of um, of a journey into cloud and also a journey into into Office 365 specifically. And so initially it was all about technology. It was about how do you migrate from on premise to cloud? How do you run services that are, that are hosted by somebody else in the cloud, etc. And we spent a lot of time. I spent a lot of time uh, doing purely technical training, you know, migrations and exchange and, and all that kind of thing. Uh, and then as people started to adopt Office 365, the problem was not necessarily a technical one. The, the, the problem became one of adoption um, because Office 365 is a service, as you can imagine, Microsoft have a lot of backend data that they can look at to understand whether people are using uh, the, the, the services and the technologies that they've subscribed to. Um, and so, you know, it was pretty obvious that the, the the take up of the of the services and the technologies was was lower than you would ever have imagined. Let's put it that way. Um, and so, therefore, my focus started to become um, around adoption and how do you um, encourage your your people to to use the tools and the technologies that perhaps if you're in an IT role that you're providing. And that led me to to start thinking about people change management, which was which was the ProSci certification that I did back in 2014. Um, and that's how I got introduced to the Inform team who have always been a, a, a specialist people uh, change management um, consultancy. And so what happened um, when when we started when we started working is, is as you can see on the screen right now, uh, Inform have a, a tailored approach to how uh, we lead people in your organization through a process of managed and strategic change so that the uh, the technology change that you're trying to embed actually changes um, the way that people are able to work and benefits the organization in the way that you would have envisaged. And what we found um, quite early on actually is that is that um, if organizations didn't have the correct um, policies and procedure change in place, if, um, if policies didn't match the technology change that was about to be implemented, that there were, there were unforeseen problems down the line with organizations. And so that's where the first stage of our, of our process came in, the establish um, phase. So if you think about people, process and technology, 
really the technology is probably belongs to you or it might belong to a technology partner that you have we're about people and process and specifically i'm about process if you like so when we talk about governance and we we talk about 365 or we talk about teams it's all about what are your repeatable managed processes for um consuming the technology that you have subscribed to um, and whether that's a, a one-off project, like we'll go into detail on teams, how do you how do you embed teams in your organization? Or whether it's the, the evergreen change, the ongoing change that you've subscribed to with Office 365, it's about the process um, that you can fall back on, always fall back on uh, in order to in order to do those things. So we, we started off um, offering a service called uh, Assurance, which was really um, the main focus was to look at clients um, processes and policies um, that related to the change that they were trying to make. And it, it kind of coincided with the launch of Teams. So um, many of the engagements, the initial engagements for sure, uh, were around Microsoft Teams. Um, but there were some common learnings that I wanted just to draw out and 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 draw to your to your attention before we actually go and you know focus on on teams specifically. Um, the most notable thing really was that the advent of cloud computing demands a different governance model from IT really. You you have no longer in control of the flashing lights. You no longer have to size the disks. You no longer have to worry about the storage. What you have is an opportunity to align to the needs of your organization much more than you were ever able to do before and consume technologies that allow your people to do things better, to do things in a new way. It also demands perhaps a, a closer alignment between different business functions. Maybe you're a HR function, maybe you're a finance function, you're not an IT function. Maybe actually you work within the organization um, and you just require something more from IT. Cloud computing allows you to consume this technology at a much, much faster rate than you've ever done before, as you well know, but it also demands a different way that you that you manage that, that consumption. And I guess we, um, certainly in the early days of our of our discoveries we found that organizations hadn't pivoted the the, the way that they the, the way that they look at this new technology form um to take advantage of it they're still dealing with it as if it was an on-premise technology uh, clearly clearly it's not we also found um in this kind of more rapidly changing environment that users are just confused they just see new technology flying over the fence to them and they don't know what to use they don't know when to use it. They don't know how to use it. And that often leads to them using technologies that perhaps the organization would prefer they they didn't. Um, WhatsApp's a great one. I mean, we um, we, we once had um, an engagement with uh, a local authority. Um, we're talking to some of their social workers and they were using WhatsApp to tell each other when they were going into somebody's home from a from a personal safety point of view. So the use case is perfectly valid. They needed to let each other know that they were going into a home or out of a home, that they were safe, etc. But you now had PII and and you know very sensitive information in non-managed, non-corporate IT systems. So the use case was valid, and obviously that was an example where where teams could very very simply 
replicate the functionality that people had decided for themselves to use WhatsApp for. Um, and so in a way that speaks to the first point about how you consume this technology uh, and how you align that to, to the needs of your users. The technology can be turned on very, very quickly, but if you don't actually know um, in detail the requirements of your users and what they need from their technology um, then it's hard to it's hard to make that balance and you you get unintended unintended consequences which leads to the next observation really which is around evergreen as you as you will know if you have anything to do with office 365 changes happen daily um, and moreover large changes will continue to happen annually Microsoft in order to keep you paying your subscription fees they've got to innovate they've got to bring new services to your table um, some of those you have a choice about some of them most of them you, you actually don't have a choice about and so it's incumbent as part of this new model of work in IT that you have um, a process for dealing with the evergreen nature of technology and moreover that you can align the new capabilities that are going to be provided to you whether you like it or not to the demands and the needs of your of your people because they're the, the, everybody is just trying to do their job in an ever increasing uh, pressured environment um, and maybe the technology is there to help them do that and so evergreen is about how you consume the new capabilities from the cloud and also how you align them to the needs of your people uh, as they change. And then finally, and, and, and these points, as you can see, they all kind of pivot around the first point, really. Um, the organizations sometimes have not changed the way that they, they manage their service management approach. Um, I remember one of the one of the very early uh, scare stories whilst I was still at Microsoft. There was a major UK retailer that were running, had started running their business on Office 365 very early. Um, they had a, a SharePoint outage, so they reported um, the CEO of this very large retailer rang the CEO of Microsoft uh, at a weekend. Um, everybody was out of bed, the whole of Europe, because SharePoint was out. As it turned out, it was a router in, in their network provider that had the problem and so they'd not pivoted their service management to understand that when you consume a service you the customer are responsible end-to-end -end from your from your user's device through to the service provider's um, data center and that was a huge learning for everybody that that you again as part of consuming cloud services you need to pivot the way that you manage um, the service and the way that your organization is set up to 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 manage that service so from those early learnings around assurance, as I say, we, we, we spent um, quite a lot of time engaging with organizations who, who wanted to, to implement teams uh, within their organization. And at, at the Inform team, we are, we are you know, absolutely proponents of teams. Uh, the Inform team basically runs on Microsoft Teams. I don't get any internal emails whatsoever, um, which may surprise some of you who are still getting hundreds of emails a day. Um, so we've absolutely understood how how individuals can can capitalize and consume Microsoft Teams uh, to improve our daily lives. And so when we go into clients, it's with a with a very positive attitude uh, towards Teams, but understanding that Teams has got to be implemented correctly, both in terms of uh, policies and configuration and then also 
with some of the previous points in mind, um, communicating to users very, very clearly what the purpose of Teams is and how you are asking them to use it, to use it, and what you're asking it, uh, asking them to use it, use it for. So some of the points on the screen, the first one again is really the pivot point that's so important and it's probably the question that I ask first the most often and I'm incredibly boring about doing this, but the question is what is the role of teams in your organization? And if you can't answer that immediately and if you can't communicate that effectively to your people, then that's probably the first place we need to start. Because is it just a UC tool? Did it replace Skype? And is that how people should use it? And if so, can they still throw files into it? And if so, where do those files go? And how do you manage them? And if not, if it's your if it's your world, if it's your place to do business, how do people know how to do that? How do they know when to create a team, how to create a team, where to store files? What should that file plan look like? How do you manage that information that's in there? So these are all kind of strategic decisions that need to be made up front before the user ideally first sees Teams uh, in order to in order to set your to set your stores out correctly. And then from the user's point of view, they probably already have SharePoint. They may have already had Skype. They may still already have Skype or some other technology that perhaps they've been implemented during COVID. And so when you bring something new to them, what do they stop? What do they start? What do they do differently? And how do you communicate that to the users so that they clearly know where should I store my files? Because again, what we what we often find is that um, by users, because of their lack of understanding of what to use when, that, that files go everywhere, which just gives you an ever-increasing information management problem. How do you know where the files are? How can you know when to archive, when to retain? How do you know, how can you put security on files when you don't know where, where they're stored? Um, and so that's the information management problem uh, that, that can come with Teams. So Teams is offering you lots of capabilities, but there's clearly lots of risks associated with that um, as you transition people from one way of working to another way of working. And that's assuming that you have defined that way of working in, in the first place. Um, and then you will have lots of policies that pertain to the kind of things that, that teams support. These probably come from a variety of sources. So, so there might be an expense policy written by finance and a, and a, 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 um, a remote working policy may be written by HR and then an acceptable computing policy written by IT. And are those, is there a process in place for all of those policies to be updated to reflect the way in which you want the organization to work? Or as we quite often find actually, the policies that are in place don't have an owner. There's nobody responsible for keeping them maintained. There is no process to keep them maintained. And so therefore quite often organizational policies lag the way that people are currently working, lag the current technology. And that clearly brings with it all kinds of problems down the line, not least of all to HR. If you were trying to say to, to an employee, look, you're not working in the, in the right way. And they said, where's that written down? That the, the policy reflects something we did 10 years ago. Um, and so there's, there's an absolute need for owners and review cycles. And we, um, we, we, we get involved with that an awful lot because it, it's surprising that more often than not, um, Policies don't reflect, um, you know, the, the, the current practice uh, that exists within an organisation. 
And then finally, um, the point about lack of proactive management. There's a clear risk of team sprawl. There's a clear risk of, you know, teams being the next, whatever you remember, access databases, Excel spreadsheets, notes databases. I could go back in time a long way. The point being, you need to proactively manage the number of teams you have, how teams are created, how teams are deleted. Are they deleted? Are they archived? What happens to the information that are in those teams? These are all decisions that need to be taken proactively in order for you to manage teams on an ongoing basis year on year and not have teams managing you and presenting you with problems uh, you know, down the line um, as, you, as you consume new technologies, which is inevitable. So with all these early learnings from Assurance, we um, we put together what we call our cloud collaboration framework. And cloud collaboration framework really is just a wrapper for a number of elements, which we'll discuss next, which we believe you need to have all of these elements considered in order to successfully consume cloud. And that includes Teams, and Teams is just a perfect example. And so just look at these different elements. There's nothing, um, there's nothing new here and there's nothing surprising here. But the key point that, that we need to bear in mind is that we believe you need to have all of these elements addressed, not just some of them, in order to successfully consume um, Microsoft 365 or, or frankly, any, any cloud service that's appertaining to, to information. So we'll talk about governance um, on the next slide, but <clears throat> basically governance is the thing that stops people being confused. Governance is the thing that brings order and allows both management and, um, and employees to understand what's going on and why it's going on. Uh, and we split governance down into, into a number of factors, which I'll, say I'll talk about in a second. Information architecture is what we what we mean here is the very practical element of information architecture. What to store where? How do you make your information discoverable? How do you stop information from being duplicated? How do you know what the current version of a file is? Um, on so many occasions, we've met users who um, on one very memorable occasion, didn't know what the correct version of a finance um, document was. And so therefore the wrong finance document got reported to the board because there was duplicate sets of information. People weren't working on the same information. And when they were, they didn't know where to store it. So nobody knew how to find it. So it's a very, very practical example of information architecture and how to stop uh, information from being randomly stored and how to make sure that users understand where information should be and how they should store it and how you can make sure then that that information is discoverable. And information management, similarly, we, we mean this in a very practical sense. So the um, as in, those of you who are technologists will know that the, the security compliance platform of Microsoft 365 underpins all the services, including Teams, including Exchange, including SharePoint. So the decisions that you make around information management, specifically information security, can be applied should be applied to the entire platform so how do you how do you control circulation of documents how do you stop information going out of the organization inadvertently how do you uh, protect your information so technologies like irm and dlp and, and retention and archiving and metadata those kind of things are the elements that we consider within information management 
and they have you know exceptionally practical um purposes there was one uh, local authority that we engaged with and um we were supposed to have one interview um with the person who was responsible for for their breach register and for information uh, information loss um and the team actually requested three meetings with us in the end because as they took us through their breach register we were able to identify areas where the technology would have been able to stop the particular item that was on their breach log um and the the real uh problem within that organization that the net cause was a disconnect between the people within the organization it was a council that were looking after the information security and, and the breach log itself and it and the two weren't talking to each other uh, again a lack of process how do you align those things uh, and information management would have presented uh, most of the things that they that they were considering on their on their breach log uh, ways of working we talked about this already but but what how do how how do you want people to work which technology should they use and when and what should they stop doing what should they start doing what should they do differently evergreen we've spoken about that 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 ability to consume in a managed process driven way the ever-changing nature of cloud and then the the last um, point on the list is possibly the most important and it's really a horizontal pillar that goes across everything you need a managed approach to change and whether that's the uh, elements of change like evergreen what we bring in what we put what are we putting out or the way that you take your people from where they are now to where you want them to be change management is many many things um and obviously the informed team are, are specialists in this area um, but we believe that you can't implement uh, a change properly without having a managed and strategic approach to that change and so finally just considering time um let me just talk about what we mean by governance because governance means a lot of things to a lot of people uh and i certainly believe that if you don't have um your governance structure in place and it's not effective then you will struggle um to consume cloud because of the new demands that it places upon you so we split governance into three sections um corporate is really about senior management it's really about the decision makers in the organization taking some of the decisions that I've hinted at um, in order that everybody everybody has their marching directions. So what do we use? How do we use it? How do we want people to use? How do we discover the problems in our organization and then align technology solutions to those? How do we understand what's on that risk register? How do we start to mitigate some of those problems? They're all the kind of things that could come to the corporate board to make decisions about for the organization and then information and service these are really uh, subject matter experts these are people who really understand these subjects and so information is anything that appertains to the information topics that we've already discussed and service is really the infrastructure now how do you consume the Microsoft 365 service, how do you configure it? What are your responsibilities, that end-to-end -end service management piece? That would all live within service. So that's how we wrap up governance as a topic um, into those three areas. So conscious of time and trying to allow time for um, for, for questions, I will wrap up there. But basically the journey that we've been on is one from understanding the organization's need 
um, a managed way to to look at the policies and the processes in place before a technology change. And it's led us to this place where we are now with our cloud collaboration framework and the individual elements that we believe you you must address in order to, to drive a successful change um, in your organization and with your people. So I hope those insights have, have helped and I'll just uh, I'll hand back over to, to, to Natalie. Perfect. Thanks, Malcolm. Uh, that's very interesting. Has anyone got any questions? I've um, taken you off mute so you'll be able to uh, ask Malcolm direct or please feel free to ask in the chat. Anyone got any questions at all? few questions coming through now um so there's one from katie so who owns the change management is it the same people who own the governance generally and if i came off mute i was even reading the question <laughs> <laughs> um that's a great question actually katie um and i'm thinking out loud about the answer if i'm honest i think if we, if we were to talk about that the, the three areas of governance so it would be it would absolutely fall within within that um that corporate governance side so the senior managers um as we know the time to to think about change management about managing change is before you first mention any notion of change to the people who are going to be impacted by it so that you can manage how they hear about the change from 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 the first get-go so therefore i would say that that it's down to yes it's down to the seniors and the seniors belong on that on that corporate uh, governance board so that's who owns that's who owns change management in in this context Perfect. And then we've got another question from Jenna. So she said, I would be interested to know if you if you have gone from email to using mainly Teams, have you applied any curbing or retention to Teams? Yeah, another good question. And I don't want to sound like a consultant, Jenna, with a well, it depends answer, um, but it does depend. Um, um, I think so. So, so, so I guess the, the the risk that you're trying to mitigate is that there is a team sprawl that we spoke about, um, and so therefore, and so, so I suppose first of all, a team must have a purpose. Teams should have a purpose, whether it's a team that you intend to to, to last for a period of time or whether it's one that's going to be up and down in a week. It doesn't matter. Team has to have a purpose, um, and so you need to look at the type of communication and how long that communication is valid for um i think the thing that's happened with email is whether it's somebody telling you about the you know the picnic that's happening next week that email will probably last forever because there's very rarely any sort of retention um schemes applied to to email and so therefore when you create the team team has a purpose there's an opportunity there to put against that team and the communication that will be in that team and the files that are in that team um retention policies archiving policies etc so it 
comes back to the general process of creating teams and the fact that the team needs to have a process, uh, sorry, a purpose, uh, and then putting the appropriate processes around that. And the only thing I would add to that is that that should all be automated. You should not be relying on users to do that and you should not be cranking a wheel every time you want to create a team. Perfect, that's a new question. It does, thank you. So sorry, I'll speak instead of typing. Um, <laughs> so, and is that purely in relation when you're kind of creating specific teams within 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 teams, too many uses of the word teams, um, for a specific purpose, for a panel, for a meeting, for a group, etc. Um, because my concern is where, you know, we all use it for instant messaging now, which is wonderful. But if you're trying to find anything in that message trail and you've got to go back 480 days, you lose your mind. And editing it and clearing it down, it's not like WhatsApp where you can just select the history and clear it down. You have to kind of select individual messages. So that's what I'm trying to get them to resolve. Yeah, yeah, and I think it's, that's a it's a super point. And um, I think the 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 point I'd highlight there is the is again a clear communication to 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 the people who are using Teams as to as to how to use it. So um, if there's there's clearly a, a significant difference between uh, chat where you where you talk to somebody like instant messaging in teams and conversations that that happen within channels within teams um clearly you want as much communication as you can to be within the channel within the team um that can then be that can then be managed and it should be on point it sh clearly should be relevant to the to the to the communication that's in that channel um so i Again, it's a generalization because everything needs to be specific to one organization. But in general, we would encourage that the chat is just is general. It's, do you want to go for lunch type thing? Uh, and that business communication happens within a channel, within a team that has a purpose and a context. And then that that conversation, if you like, that message can can live and die with the purpose of the channel or, or of the team. Does that, does that make sense? It does indeed. Thank you very much. Perfect. I think Paul's been typing away. Paul, if, if are you still wanting to ask a question before we tie up? Hi, Malcolm. Uh, again, might as well engage the microphone. Uh, we're quite a small company and we've not really defined our objectives for using Teams and SharePoint. So we're still in that discovery phase of how best to do things. But we're certainly experiencing some of the problems that you have highlighted, such as uh, document duplication and people not really knowing how to do things. So I was wondering, do you have any advice or can you point us towards any kind of uh, advice when it comes to different um, examples of how to do our work using Teams and SharePoint together? Um, perhaps some case studies or something like that so we can present options um, to our managers. Yeah, sure. Um, in fact, I think uh, Ruth Tank is on, on the call uh, at the moment as well. So Ruth's one of our uh, senior change um, strategy consultants and Ruth and I often engage together, um, uh, the dynamic duo, um, in what we call discoveries. Um, which is which basically means that we engage with with the people in the organization 
and it's amazing actually and especially as outsiders people often say that the sessions with us are therapeutic because they can vent their spleen but I think the point that I'm trying to get to is it and without keeping on saying it depends it depends on how how your people currently work and what the best way for them to work would be you mentioned teams and sharepoint which um without getting into the detail just because of time and we'd be happy to pick up with you um that's a tension that's that must be resolved and it really depends upon where you are today and again the vision of where you want to get to so if you'd like just from the, from my point of view working with the inform team uh i don't use sharepoint i clearly do because all my files and documents go into go into teams but i never see sharepoint um and so that's that's one side of the equation there is other there's another side that says well perhaps things that are um that are short-lived projects that they live in teams and long-lived uh, or communication or or records going to sharepoint I don't sound too much like a consultant by now I am being, but does that make sense? It is really a process of engagement about how you work as an organization, whether large or small, it doesn't matter, uh, and what your people do and are trying to do, where you are, and then a discussion about where you want to be. And then that's when the change management aspect comes in to, to move people from where they are to, to where you would like them to be. And it's not something clearly you're not taking it lightly that's why you're asking the question but i think it's a really really serious point because teams is kind of a pivot really in the microsoft productivity platform and arguably and the evidence is there to show this sharepoint will go into the background teams comes to the forefront teams is the place where people work teams is a place where you surface line of business applications but that's not that's not a decision of, of two seconds or it shouldn't be really it should be something that's thought about strategically from the organization's point of view it's that corporate governance piece again yeah paul yeah. We'll, i'll send you some links through paul um after the, after the webinar brilliant uh, that was very useful thanks malcolm okay pleasure any any other questions before we so if, oh frankie's got a hand up frankie do you want to come off mute Yes, sorry, I think I am off mute now. Um, yeah. So if you clearly have a number of teams in an organisation, do you have a different governance structure for each team? And in which case, do you have an overarching sort of core governance that everybody has to conform to? Um, it's my question. OK, um, I suppose I'd... I'd, I'd rhetorically ask what you mean by governance but um so so you can't have separate policies for different teams that's just the way the technology works um you can in some areas you can have different policies for different people um but not for different teams uh so in a way everything is the same to an extent one size sort of fits all but you should have a set of governing policies that apply to teams that apply to the usage of teams to the usage of channels etc etc so from a technology point of view the opportunity isn't isn't there to, to make everything different i'm kind of hesitating because it sort of is with what it is with files but but let's say for, you know it, it's not but from a 
from a policy point of view and and i think you know policies are kind of a little bit maligned because but if we if we bring the change management aspect in policies are only relevant when people don't understand them so big policy documents are only really relevant to the people who write them but the actual the actual um heart of that policy is clearly relevant to everybody it should be um you know otherwise why 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 bother having it your your acceptable use for your it is is clearly relevant but it needs to be communicated to the right people in the right way and that's where the change management comes in so that's why ccf's there that's why i said all these elements are, are really important you know the governance element the policy element um and the change management the managed approach to change underpinning everything is is really relevant so i would say the policy frankie uh uh that that, that, that pertains to teams and channels as opposed to to having something different for, for each team thank you perfect and any Final last questions. No, so just before we sort of close the session, um, the sort of next steps would be if you require or if you'd like to book in a one to one session with our governance experts, then please um, either email me um, using the email uh, email this morning or you can contact us um, through our website. But thank you very much, Malcolm. And thanks, everyone, for attending. It's been, it's been a very fascinating session. Have a good day, everybody. Take care. Pleasure. Thanks, everybody. Bye.